Hi, City Cast listeners. It's Friday, and y'all know what that means. It's time to round out the week's news. I'm here with cultural contributor Antrichelle Dorsey and producer A.K. Al Moman to dig into the top stories around the city. It's Friday, January 27th, 2023. I'm Carly Ann Jones, and this is CityCast Houston. Antrichelle and A.K., it's Friday. Are y'all ready to talk some news? Yes, ma'am. I'm ready, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. Let's start with you, Aunt Rochelle. What was your biggest story of this week? Baby, when I tell you I was mad, the audacity. Did you know that according to a report from Lawn Starter, that Houston is ranked the dirtiest city in America? There's no way oh. New York is in America. How <laughs> dare yeah. they? They said more than 150 of the biggest cities in America were looked at and compared to about uh, pollution and living conditions, infrastructure, and consumer satisfaction, right? And in mm-hmm. the findings, Houston took first place for the dirtiest city in the U.S. right in front of Newark, New Jersey, San Bernardino, California, and Detroit, Michigan. Scandalo. It's crazy. Somebody in there is hating because have they been to New Orleans, Louisiana? I was was just about to say that. Bourbon Street alone. (laughs) A Bourbon Street smell like throw up and booty balls. You understand me? That is Mm -hmm. disgusting. I I don't understand. Like downtown LA, all those places. New York. New New York York is disgusting. New York. I see dead rats on the street. Oh my God. And pee pee. It stinks. But you got Houston up here? Who did this? What do they mean by dirty? Like, do they mean yeah. that, like, it's dirty, like, the buildings aren't clean? Or, like, there's trash on the street dirty? Because we're not that second part. Must be pollution. So what they're saying is, is that the website is also linking a study that found the city's petrochemical facilities severely violate the EPA safety guidelines. And that's how oh. they made us the dirtiest of them all. And I say, y'all lying. Go mm-hmm. back to the drawing board because y'all got Newark, New Jersey on here. All my life, mm-hmm. I wanted to move to New York, but I found out that Newark uh, is more my speed. Wait a minute. I'm from Houston and I think I need to be in Newark. Am I just a dirty girl? Am I a dirty girl? No. She just drew this conclusion. (laughs) Number one and two. You know, I was like, am I a dirty girl? But even the facts still remains. They lying. They lying. They don't even have LA. They got San Bernardino, California, and Detroit, Michigan. You guys, y'all forgot about Louisiana. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just not even Louisiana. Just, and not even New Orleans, because I love New Orleans. Just Bourbon Street by itself. It just takes the cake. You understand? It takes the cake for stinky and dirty. But not Houston, baby. Y'all going to have to do that again. I wonder if they just used the wrong terminology. Because, like, if I'm mm-hmm. thinking dirty, I'm thinking trash in the streets, stained yeah. buildings, old places to go to. But I feel like they were trying to, like, talk about pollution. Like, like yes. the air quality. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they should have named the list the most polluted cities. Literally. According to the most polluted, right? Houston is the third most polluted city due to its greenhouse gas emissions from large industrial facilities and also has the biggest cockroach problem. They lied. I ain't got no cockroaches. You understand? The biggest me? cockroach if you problem. Keep your, yeah, no. If you keep your place clean and you're good, 
Listen, you're not going to get cockroaches. They probably no, talk about God. tree bugs. You understand? Because mm, there's a difference oh. between a cockroach and a tree bug. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The writers don't even know that. They just no. they just said something. <laughs> if we're third on pollution, yeah, we're not even number one. See. See, I knew y'all was going to get upset because I was upset when I saw it. I said, y'all. Yeah, I was like, at first, I was like, I remember when that chemical plant like busted open and they were telling us, hey, don't go out. I was like, okay, for pollution, like yeah. Houston can put a claim on that. <laughs> but like, but like actual dirty, like I don't, th- no. like even downtown, like I know people, I know, I know a lot of my friends will be like, uh, downtown Houston is like the dirtiest place you could go to. You go to downtown Houston and you compare it to any metropolitan downtown in most of the world, and it's not that bad. Nope, it's honestly not, not that bad. Nope. Mm-hmm. It's I not, agree. and I'm Houston born and raised, y'all. Seriously, I'm an 80s baby. I've seen a lot of things. But baby, when I tell you here, they lied. And I'm mm-hmm. not claiming that. Y'all lied. Y'all need mm-hmm. to go back to the drawing board and start again. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. We're getting our glow up and they're just hating. They're just jealous because mm-hmm. they don't mm-hmm. want us to thrive out here. They, AK, exactly. if I had my tambourine, I would have played it because <laughs> what you just said <laughs> made me want to shout. You just oh, you just said the right thing they hate. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. I want to say is that they don't really care about us. You understand? Mm-hmm. They hating on us. We are thriving. Mm-hmm. We are growing. We are mm-hmm. almost, what is that? Uh, we're almost there as what the, the, the second or third largest city ever in, mm-hmm. in the whole day. yeah they they trying to tear us down baby listen mm-hmm. haters out there we ain't taking it you understand we all. won't stop we can't stop we won't stop we houston baby h time yep. for life boy yep <laughs> bury me in the h every yeah, day bury me in the h okay y'all so my biggest story has to be the aftermath of the tornado that happened in pasadena and the houston area on tuesday Uh, More than 22,000 homes were destroyed between Pasadena and Baytown. It was super scary. Like the whole day, I I wasn't expecting it. And whenever I watched the news, it seems like the news channels weren't expecting this either. They just kept talking about how this was just not normal, what was going on. And it was just the lights kept turning off and everything. But luckily, I was in a safe area. Um, But for these other areas in Houston, Baytown, Pasadena, there was a few other areas affected. Um, Drivers were stranded in the flooding, buildings were crushed, houses were crushed. It was just so scary. And it's like, at this point, it's still unclear how many injuries were from the tornado and the storm. But, you know, of course, Houston has come together. There's been a lot of residents, people from all over the city going to help clean things up, business owners, nonprofits. And that's the beautiful thing about Houston is that we always come together. But Mm -hmm. I just hate that we have to come together because of dark times every time, you know? But here's yeah. the thing, you know, we are bonded by pain and trauma, right? And, mm-hmm. and 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 that's the good thing about us. We're Houstonians or we're Houston strong. And mm-hmm. when something happens to one of us, it happens to all of us. And that's we true. all sympathize with each other and we all jump mm-hmm. in to help. And that's the beautiful thing about mm-hmm. H Town, because we go down for one another. And that's 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 a good thing. Yeah, I'm with Carla. Like this is I couldn't I, for myself, I couldn't ignore this is like the biggest story of of the week that tornado kind of just materialized out of nowhere. There was no mm-hmm. predictors for it. We thought we were going to have a normal like rainstorm or whatever because it was storming all around Houston. But then mm-hmm. it just this formed out of nowhere and kind of hit this region. And I've kind of been reading some of the stories of the people that have been affected 
And it's it's really hard to consider, especially in those areas like Pasadena and Deer Park, where a lot of the people who've lived there have lived there for a long time. Those yeah. are their only homes out there. There's a story of this uh, woman. Her name is Norma Aliyah. She owned her home for 40 years. And she was just sitting in her living room when the tornado hit and it just collapsed on her. No. She's oh 72 years old. She doesn't oh remember much of what happened. But like the neighbors remember from eyewitness accounts that she was screaming for help when the tornado passed. They rushed to her home to see it like like she was mangled under her brick home, like her mm. brick home. And her son was talking about how like, Everything she's had in her life could be gone in a minute. And in a minute, she's got like nothing to hold her together. And now she's in the hospital for it. Um, mm. And so, I mean, I mean, she lost her husband, but right before he passed away, he had bought her her home in 2003. Like he finished off paying the home. So they owned mm. their house. This was their only property. So it's, it's a real shame. Like, there are there are other people who've like had their grocery stores and businesses kind of decimated completely. They don't know how they're gonna like come back to their businesses, how they're gonna make money so they could like survive the post events of the tornado. That is so shocking and sad. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. that just that just broke my heart. Like that's that's so terrible. You're just at home watching TV and then everything is just ripped from underneath you. You know, exactly. like, yeah, I couldn't There's imagine these drone shots at the top of the homes. You can see them. They're just they're cleaved off. They're like mm. they're like almost cut in half from the top. They they started an emergency shelter and the mayor said that within an instant, the shelter kind of filled up. Um, and it's just it. I feel like whenever these natural disasters happen for uh, for Houston it's that it's the effect on like each individual person is losing something that they've worked for so long to get like this is their comfort mm -hmm. this is where they want to live for the rest of their lives and i feel like we always need to remember that we always talk about like the scale of these events but it, it's the individual people who are going to have to reconcile with this for so many years afterwards. Yeah. That's sad. That is so mm -hmm. sad. AK, you just made me depressed over here. But, I'm so um, sorry. Yeah. I hope my underrated story can cheer you back up because it is a I positive hope so. one. I, okay, hope, well. I hope Andrew Shell's underrated story can cheer me up. Mm -hmm. Do you have something? It, no? I, I okay. ain't got nothing to cheer you up. I'm about to make oh. you even sadder because... Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't mean to listen. We got to talk about this beforehand because we can't be doing sad upon sad upon sad. Yeah. Because what I'm going to talk about as a, a social media manager, um, I'm always looking at things that are happening via the social interwebs. Amen. Like my husband says, but a social media, um, the viral sensation Inky Boys, that's a father and son du a duo who have gone up. Uh, viral on tiktok uh, instagram mm. and youtube um the dad randy gonzalez died at the age of 35 due to colon oh, no. cancer oh, yes, and it's yes. a really sad situation because he reportedly talked to fox 26 houston about mm -hmm. his condition um letting them know uh that um, he only had three years to live and that he was uh -huh. starting to take chemo that would extend his life maybe another five years. Um, but unfortunately, it, it didn't 
it didn't work. And um, I'm really sad about this because his son is so young. His son is four, uh, going on uh, five. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sad because I think about and um, I'm sorry, Andrew. Yeah, I think about um, they were so close. I'm thinking about his baby, right? Yeah. I'm thinking about his baby. What is he yeah. going to do without his best friend? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those things, you know, I hurt for the baby, but I'm confident that his son has all of these memories of this mm-hmm. um, platform to show um, how his dad loved him and his mm-hmm. dad did this for him. His dad saw the talent in him and mm-hmm. how he can continue to build upon that. I'm sad for his wife who yeah. um, allowed him to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sad for this family. I am. I'm sad mm-hmm. for the family and the people who love them. I'm sad um, because Sometimes it just feels like things just get worse and worse and worse, but Mm -hmm. we have to find a silver lining in this. So as much as I'm sad about all of this, I am happy that his family has something to look back on and they have these vivid visual memories of their father, uh, of Mm -hmm. of her husband that they can keep with them forever, right? Yeah. That's it. I'm a thug. I'm not crying. Just something just happened to my nose real quick. (laughs) I feel like it's always, it's always tragic when someone is gone too early. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the bittersweetness of it is that it's, it's special when they've dedicated part of their life to put out joy for other people and like put themselves in a place where they can bring happiness and compassion and show like um, a joyful life yes. out there and not feed off of the trauma and, and the hate and the div- division and, and to kind of like break through that way is always a beautiful thing. It is, AK. And, and uh, something else that we can all, we need to think about, and this is a serious issue, men. Men are so strong, right? Uh, the majority of men I know, they don't go to the doctor. They don't need a checkup. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this is prime example of men, why you need to go get your colon check. This is why you should go get your pancreas check, right? Early detection is key. Early detection mm-hmm. is key. Um, and we have to say this. You know, I would be remiss if I didn't say, men, go to the doctor, please. Your family needs you. You know, we work hard to get this insurance and all of the above. Go to the doctor, fellas, please. Your people need you. Your babies need you a little while longer. Shoot. I started working out just so I could have better knees so I could run up the stairs behind my son. Mm-hmm. Right. But mm-hmm. we all have to make sure, like, if it's not for you, do it for the family. And, um, fellas, we need you. We need you. We need you to go get checked. We need you to mm-hmm. make sure that you are okay and being in better health so you can be around for your family a little longer. I second yeah. that. I second yeah. that. Me too. That story was like so heartbreaking the other day whenever I seen it. Um, I was watching videos of the two and they just seemed like best friends. They had such a good relationship. And so it like, it really broke my heart. I really was like so sad to see that. And 
the son is so talented too. Like he's so young and so talented. He can do like an impression of like whatever he's trying to do spot on better than grownups. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, yeah, my heart goes out to that family. Um, condolences from the whole city cast crew. Cause yeah, we hate to hear things like that. Um, so let's move on to my underrated story, which is about sports. So, you know, you know, we leave in a sadness a little bit, um, Good. but we're talking about the saddest team in the league, oh. the Texans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the sorriest team yeah, the sorriest in any sport. Team. So the Texans have held a second round of interviews with two coaching candidates, um, one named Mike Kufka, who is the Giants offensive coordinator, and another named Ijero Ivero, who is the Broncos defensive coordinator. Now, this is big news because this is the first head coaching candidates the Texans have interviewed twice, okay? Mm. Twice. So, Kafka just finished his first season as a full-time play caller in the NFL, and under him, the Giants improved from one of the league's least efficient units to one of the most elite, you know? So... He might be a good candidate, you know? We we need that. Um, Ivero also just uh, finished his first season with the Denver uh, defense. And even though they had a 5-12 to 12 record, he was still offered a position to, like, become the interim coach while their head coach also had gotten fired. His name was Nathaniel Hackett. And so he's kind of interviewed with all of the teams that have um, coaching positions now, like Texans isn't (laughs) his only thing. He's like, he's like, I'm going to go everywhere I can, basically. He going to get it when he fit in, baby. Somebody going to pick me up. You understand? (laughs) Exactly. He's wasting no time. (laughs) But you know what's the, the, like, the funniest part about how sorry the Texans have been, like the sorriest part of this, the whole saga this past season with the Texans. We did a Mm -hmm. newscast on this uh, prior, but uh, when the Texans flamed out of the season with one of the worst records in history, I mean, they're never going to be as bad as the Cleveland Browns who never won a single game, but one of the worst <laughs> records we've had. Uh, the last game of the season, they won that game, which they weren't supposed to because when they mm-hmm. won that game, they lost the chance to get the first pick of the draft. Yes. Oh, my yeah. God. I was like, are you serious right now? Like, are you serious? We it's, lost it's the like whole season. <laughs> They can't even lose right. That's how bad they are. They can't even lose right. Y'all, y'all wrong for that. Oh and I don't gosh. think it's fair that we are laughing at the Texans so hard. <laughs> this is the home team. We supposed to have their back. Y'all ain't y'all mm-hmm. ain't loyal. But it I is funny. Know. I don't even care about sports. Uh, yeah, y'all I ain't loyal. I don't, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know. They keep they keep doing stuff like this and I can't help it. It the the yeah. laughter masks the sadness. Exactly. Yeah, it's it does. frustrating. But now we have to keep in mind that these two um, are coaching candidates, but the Texans are prohibited from speaking to candidates who are coaching in this like championship right now. So they can't really talk to other candidates until this coming Monday. So we have to just kind of keep an eye out on this story. But just so everybody knows, we do have two people that made it to the second round of, of interviews. So we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah. Maybe we can win some games next year. Pray for the Texans, amen. Pray Put the them team. high on your prayer list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> one day, Jesus, one day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> okay, AK, what about you? What was your underrated story? Uh, I, Y'all know that I'm a huge 
a Houston food scene lover. I'm a foodie. Mm-hmm. I love I love the representation of the city, the diversity of the city, all that. And I come here with a lot of pride and a lot of joy to say that about 10 restaurants from Houston have ended up on the James Beard Award semifinalist. Now, if you don't know what the James Beard Award is, it's basically considered the Oscars of the of the food scene. It's essentially mm-hmm. the highest honor. Most of the people that have won the James Beard Award have eventually gone on to become Michelin star restaurants. So the highest mm-hmm. of fine dining. And to see 10 Houston restaurants end up in various categories, uh, I'm going to focus on the top two categories. One chef specifically has ended up as the top and the finalist list for the top award from James Beard, which is Outstanding Restaurant Tour. It's essentially the big tamale of the whole thing. It is, it is, you are a great chef, you run a great restaurant, you have, you have a place in your community and stuff like that. And that's Chris Williams, the owner of Lucille's. Ooh, yes. yes. I love Lucia's. Oh, yes. AK, the suspense was killing me. I I, you you led up to that thing real good. I think, oh, I congratulations, Lucille. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm so happy for them. He was on the list last year. So him coming back to back, there's a huge chance he could actually win it this year. Uh, he's a phenomenal chef, a phenomenal restaurateur. And we, we love the representation of it because Lucille's is, I'm with Andrew Shaw, Lucille's is fantastic. Yeah, Fan-flippin-tastic. Now, yeah. I know that's the big tamale, but you got to tell us about the other restaurants that's on the list, AK. Yes, What's ma'am. up? Yes, yeah. ma'am. And for outstanding chefs, uh, two of ours who own Jin Chow uh, have, have ended up on the list, Christina Ha and Tony G. Nguyen. Uh, they ended up on the list. Uh, Christine, Christine Ha has been at Trailblazer for a while. She has already two restaurants in Houston that she operates. She's opening a third one that's going to be a drive through sandwich place. She won the third season of MasterChef. So she's like <gasps> one of the best, one of the best representations for the city. And her food is just bomb. Where Whichever restaurant of hers you go, her food is always bomb. And I'm glad that she's getting her honor to be a semifinalist for Outstanding Chef. Uh, Titamo, the tasting menu by Emmanuel yes. Chavez and Megan mm-hmm. Mall, has been recognized as Best New Restaurant, uh, which is a great honor. They just opened. This is one of their first years. Yes, but I've been hearing about them everywhere. Like, they've been everywhere in every article, I swear. Tatamo, it, I, I, it's on top of my list as the place I want to visit the most mm-hmm. right now in Houston. Um, Nancy's Hustle ended up on outstanding wines and other beverages. So we got like a wide gamut of different types of restaurants, different representations from different ethnicities, different cultures, different races. And it's all from Houston. I'm so proud of all of the semifinalists. I hope that some of them make it to the top of the list and win it. Yeah. I'm so excited. That is something to be proud of. Now, y'all might call us dirty, but you can't say we got nasty food, mm-hmm. baby. Yeah. <laughs> and that validates me. That validates me because yep. I'm always bragging about how Houston has the best food in America. Yep. Only people that I feel like hold a candle to us is um, New Orleans. That's yep. it. True. That's true. Now, they stink, but they got better food. <laughs> <laughs> their, their food is better. Yeah. New Orleans has better food, but after that. A specific type of food, I will say. Okay. Okay, you're right. New Orleans style food, 
I, the diversity mm -hmm. in Houston is unmatched. I don't know any That's other true. place that has the same diversity we do. True, but so that means we win. We do win in diversity, AK, mm -hmm. but we from the South. We got big booties down here. So you got to have them good old cornbread. Big booties. You got to be cornbread fed, baby. And you got to feed. You, you need some good old hugging food. That good oh, old true. fat arm grandmama food. That's them ain't with them fat arm weed yes. kind of food, right? And that's mm. the food that, that's why we say Louisiana food is better because they got that. Comfort food. You know, food. they got mm -hmm. that. That comfort mm -hmm. food, right? We got good bougie food, yes. and we got some good old, I feel good like old. We got good food, comfort food too, though. I do. No, that's what I said. I said we got good soul food. You know, it's 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 bougetto, right? So okay. it's like really bougie and ghetto. It got the mm -hmm. ghetto flair <laughs> in it. Well, and, and I'll say that comfort get flair, but New Orleans food, they just they food just. It's just, it just does it for you. It's just, yeah, it just feel good. It's just hood. It's good. Yeah, but mm -hmm. I wanted to bring y'all some cheerful news. Uh, Thank yes. you, because I was over here about to cry because I'm I don't cry because I'm a thug, mm -hmm. right? Yes, yeah. I'm from Sunnyside, hold it down, yes, baby. I don't be crying in public, <laughs> but I, you know, my throat was hurting and something was wrong with my nose. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm glad you better. talked about food, right? I'm glad. Yeah. No. Yes, and we're about to make it even better. It's time for the moment of joy. Yes. And Shell, what's snap, your snap, moment snap, of joy? Snap. Yes. Listen, moment of joy. Let me tell y'all. I know I talk about a lot of things, but the one thing that brings me joy and pain, sunshine and rain, is mm -hmm. my four-year-old Axum Nova. Yes. yes, yes. I am proud of Axum Nova. Let me tell you why. He just took his gifted and talented Vanguard test for kindergarten. Ooh. Okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Your girl over here got a genius on her hands. Okay. Listen, I'm not surprised. You know, listen, I have to be very honest, you know. Uh, Axum's father, my husband, my baby daddy, he is a genius. Very, very smart. His mama, me, the electric personality, I'm pretty clever. You understand? I don't tell people how smart I am because I just, I need to sneak up on them, right? <laughs> Both <laughs> Like a surprise attack. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I, I surprise mm -hmm. you with that, you know. But one thing I always, I often tell people, um, I was in Vanguard when I was in elementary. My husband was in Vanguard at elementary. But we both went to those programs later on. I went in third grade, and I think my husband may have went in the fourth or fifth grade or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the first thing we one thing remains is that we did not transition into those programs well. We did not. Um and so we were on one accord that our son, we noticed how talented he is. Now mind you, he's four. He's reading on a third grade level. He is oh. in a mathematic level of a first grader, right? He is also speaking two different languages. Okay. I don't mm -hmm. know neither one of them. So when he's speaking Spanish and Mandarin, I don't know what the <laughs> hell he's saying because I don't speak those <laughs> languages. You understand? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But when we noticed how gifted he was and how talented he was, we both decided, listen, we want him to always have this and cultivate in this. And this is why we want to start him in kindergarten. Yes. And when I tell y'all the ugly cry that came across my face when my child was so excited and went into that room, that program, and was like, bye, mom, bye, dad. I just, I, 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 I melted. Oh. I did because it was like, we have taken you so far, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's time for you to 
go and grow. So that's what's bringing me joy is the pride that and the confidence that I saw in my child as he left. And when he came back, he came back like a warrior. He said, I took tests, mom. And mm. I, we never told him he was taking a test. He said, I took so many tests. I used the powers in my mind and I got all of them right. And I, and I was proud, yeah. right? I was proud mm. because I wanted him to just have a good time. And he came back knowing that I was tested and I passed. So that's what's bringing mm. me joy. That is so up. beautiful. I love that. Yes. I love that. That's definitely something to be proud of. Congratulations to him. Thank you. Carney, what about yours? So I talked about this earlier in the week in a newscast, but Houston is getting about 15 major new developments. And the one I'm excited about is this new surf resort in Lagoon called HTX <gasps> Surf. Yes. <gasps> yes. Yes. <gasps> it sounds so cool, right? Now, the reason why I'm excited is because I don't know how to surf. And I've always <laughs> wanted to learn how to surf. Mm -hmm. So I think this is the perfect opportunity without, like, falling into that beach water, you know? Yes. Like, that <laughs> nice secluded area for this is going to be so nice. It's going to be 15 acres total. Six of the acres are going to be used for the surf lagoon, and it's going to produce a thousand ocean-like waves per hour. Oh, my God. That's going to mm -hmm. be dope. That is. Right? Look at us. Oh, my God. Houston, grow us. up. I love it. Go. Yes. And see, that's why they want to call us mm -hmm. dirty. You know what, Carly? You just Mad. said something. This is probably why they call mm -hmm. us dirty. They probably was looking at Gavistin mm. that morning. <laughs> I just exactly. thought about it. They, they probably was Galveston. thinking about that Galveston water. Don't look over there. Don't look over there. That's Galveston. It's That's not Houston, but we still city. claim I like them. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I love Galveston. We have my baby uh, birthday in that dirty water. Every year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh but yes, gosh. shout out to HTX Surf. Listen, I'm going to be a surf dude with attitude, yeah. and I'm taking, I'm going over there, and I'm getting mm -hmm. in that water. Mm -hmm. You understand? And I'm going to get back up, and I'm going to fall off, and I'm going to get back up again i can't wait i for got this. long hair I for a reason wait. i've been preparing myself for for this moment i need this yes, hey, yes. Hey, you for better years. i can't wait to see your pictures ak with your hair blowing um, surfboard? on this surfboard yes, baby yes I'll we be need there. to do a whole a whole little team thing and all go together yeah that's what we need to do do it let's do it let's do it let's do it let's do it okay ak what's bringing you joy this week so this is this is a bit of a like a personal development journey, realizing your failures through other people's success and like and mm -hmm. like like having pride in what they accomplished. So when I was in college, I was at U of H, uh, go Cougs, uh, number three in the country in basketball. But uh, when I went to U of H, I was a part of this uh, a film organization called Film Club at U of H. And I worked on it for two years, put blood, sweat, and tears into that thing, wanted to build it up, wanted to make it a hub for the rest of the art community in Houston, kind of have a place where all young people can come and appreciate film and maybe find ways where they can enjoy film, build a real film culture in Houston from the student body out to all these centers like MFAH, the Aurora Theater, the the film, the International Film Festival and all those. We made connections, but at the end of the day, we had too many big ideas all at once and we overstretched ourselves. And then the pandemic came and kind of crashed everything down on our head. And we kind of all dispersed as a group and the club kind of almost died. But recently I found out that there's a group of students who came in, revitalized the name, brought it back 
and now it's thriving better than ever. Their Instagram page is killing it. They're showing movies mm-hmm. at the actual theater at U of H, which we never could do when I was there. I am so mm-hmm. proud of this newer generation really taking the lead, really working to make this stuff happen. And I can't wait to like show up as the Sage alumni and just introduce them to all my contacts and be like, hey, I'm your mm-hmm. grandfather. I'm right here. Oh, yeah. look at you. Granddaddy. He is your granddaddy. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'm so happy. AK for is your father. <laughs> yes. I'm so happy for him. I'm so proud of him. And I hope they keep growing and thriving. Like that, that brought a lot of joy to my heart. I'm sure it yeah. did. Congratulations, AK. And look at you. I'm so proud of you for not for not being the bitter old baby <laughs> and saying, I didn't mm-hmm. get to do that. And I didn't get <laughs> you are just like, look at y'all. Y'all have, you know, done mm-hmm. more than I could do. And that's what people should mm-hmm. do. High five to you, AK. Thank you. Yes. I love that. We ended this on a great note. <laughs> yes. We did. Yes. It was a journey, but we got there. Oh, we got there, baby. Mm-hmm. Hey. HTX represent. HTX represent. See y'all. Bye. 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 That was Antrichelle Dorsey and AK Al Moment. Next week, we'll be doing a show about living single in Houston. And we want to hear from you. If you have tips on the best way to navigate dating in the city, call us at 713-489-6972. That's it for our show here today at CityCast Houston. Our lead producer is Dina Kespa. Our producers are myself, Carly on Jones, and A.K. Al Molman. Our newsletter writer is Brooke Lewis. And our music is by Farrell Gibbs and his band, All the Kimonos. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend? Rate the show, leave a review, subscribe to the morning newsletter, all of that good stuff. We'll be back next week with another amazing round of shows, so stay tuned. Until then, have a great weekend, and see you later. Go ahead. Houston, (laughs) Houston, we have a problem. Do you understand me? When I work 18 minutes from my office and it takes me 45 minutes to get here, not because there's a wreck, because folks is watching the wreck wreck. cleanup. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even a wreck, (laughs) y'all. Do you understand me? It Mm -hmm. wasn't even a wreck. I think somebody was getting a ticket and they was just watching. I am livid. I am livid. (laughs) We need to teach the people who don't live here. When you see a, a car accident, keep going. It ain't your business. You understand? It's not your business. Everybody, just keep going. Okay, I'm done. Woo! But I'm mad. Oh, my gosh. That's I'm hilarious. mad. Y'all. Oh, well, good morning. How y'all doing?